Attention, please. Attention, please. The chief is here. <laughs> you like that, George? And now, uh, would you please uh, uh, prepare for uh, emergency action, friends out there? Please. I, as as all of you know, that uh, that deep inside of uh, my psyche, and that of course includes the psyche of all of you, naturally, because uh, there's a certain uh, a certain empathy, a certain rapport that we men of goodwill and elegant taste share. Uh, we communicate, let's put it that way, on a, on a higher plane. Uh, that all of you understand that for years I've been uh, deeply, uh, deeply immersed in the poetry of existence and the poetry of literature itself. And so tonight, on this, uh, on this uh, brilliantly lit, magnificently sunny, this uh, strangely spring-like. November evening. I, uh, my thoughts turned to those tender things crushed, crushed like rose petals between the bookends. How many of you remember, uh, Percy Dove Tonsils? I'll award you a brass figure if a bronze, with a bronze oak leaf on with aluminum clusters, if you can remember Percy Dove Tonsils. <laughs> you know who he was? Of course. He was also another elegant estate, and uh, he pursued relentlessly that that uh, swirling, always retreating grail of beauty and truth, and uh, the ultimate statement of the soul. And so tonight, I would like to read an elegant poem that I'm sure that all of you would appreciate. I opened wide the bathroom door and all at once switched on the light. When moving swift across the floor, I saw a streak of ebon bright. Then quick, with slipper in my hand, before it could escape, I slammed. I missed it once, I missed it twice, but got it ere it gained its lair. Yes, I fear my words were far from nice, though dams with me are rather rare. Then, lo, oh, I thought, that dying roach regarded me with some reproach, said I. Don't think I grudge your breath. I hate to spill your greenish gore. But why did you invite your death by straying on my bathroom floor? It is because, said he or she, adventure is my destiny. By evolution, I was planned as marvelously made as you. And I am led to understand the self-same God conceived us too. Sire, though the coup de grace you give, even a roach has a right to live. Said I, of course you have a right, but not to blot my bathroom floor. Yet though with slipper I may smite, your doom I morally deplore. From cellar gloom to stellar space, let bards and let beetles have their place. That's an elegant piece of poetry. Isn't it? Now, now, I want you to listen again, very carefully, to the subtle thought that is contained in this. Amid the turgid prose, there lies a grain 
of the true thought. I repeat, I opened wide the bathroom door and all at once switched on the light. When moving swift across the floor, I saw a streak of ebon light. And then quick, with a slipper in my hand before it could escape, I slammed. I missed it once. I missed it twice. But I got it ere it gained its lair. <laughs> I fear my words were far from nice, though dams with me are rather rare. And then, lo, I thought that that dying roach regarded me with some reproach. Said I, don't think I grudge you breath. No, no. I hate to spill your greenish gore, but why did you invite your death by straying on my bathroom floor? It is because, said he or she, it is because adventure is my destiny. By evolution, I was planned as marvelously made as you, and I am led to understand the self-same God conceived us too. Sire, though the coup de grace you give, even a roach, even a roach has a right to live. Said I, of course you have a right. Of course you have a right, but not to blot my bathroom floor. Yet though with slipper I may smite, your doom I morally deplore. From cellar gloom to stellar space, I say let bards and beetles have their place. And that's a very subtle point. He says, even though I kill you, I deplore your death. I morally deplore your death. You have a right to live, but not on my bathroom floor. So you, you ask for it. Now, I'll ask you a question. Now, that was elegant, wasn't it? That's one of the very few truly philosophical writings that I've ever read about a cockroach. Now, it really is philosophical. He makes a fantastic point. I kill you, yet I morally deplore your death. Now, how many times have you done that? How many times have you kicked the daylights out of a mouse? Or or a, or some kind of a beetle? And say, oh, look at them. Oh, it's terrible. Well, I'm going to give you a brass figure with bronze oak leaf palm if you can tell me who wrote that poem. Now, whose style does it sound like? It's a very subtle, very interesting subtle. Who, who does it sound like? I'll give you one clue. It was not Earl Wilson. Now, who was it? And, you know, speaking of sheer poetry, would you please give me a little more of that elegant poetry? You can set it up there, George. The elegant poetry music that you just took off, you can reset it. I mean, I like to see my men's around me works. I like to see him work, so I want to see nothing but the something or other in the elbows. I want to see a lot of action here. It's Friday night, G.I. party time. I want you to move. Yes, friend, get set for the rugged winter driving ahead during pick-a-pair time at your local General Tire headquarters. 
<laughs> Take your pick. Winter tires start as low as thirty-seven ninety a pair. I kind of like their company commercials with a, an elegant selection from uh, Vivaldi. This is Vivaldi, friends. In case you thought it was the Firehouse 5 plus 2, wasn't quite that. But uh, I agree that you can't have everything in this life. But I would suggest you get down to your general tire dealer in Patterson, see Bob Dizel, the general tire service at 306 Market Street. I thought I had that with certain aplomb, didn't you? You like the way I do these, don't you, George? You want me to do another one? You like commercials, don't you? All right, let's picky a goody one here. Let's see. You notice I speak at Piggly Latin quite well. All right, hero. Here's a kind of a nice one. You know, you get carried away by this Vivaldi. You know, you just, next thing you know, you're going to be laying on your back there just looking up at the ceiling. Oh, hit it, man. Uh, kind of nice. All right, uh, let's see. All of these have got uh, tags on them and stuff. Most of these have got little dinghies. All right, I'll do the House of Chan. Uh, for those of you who are planning to come in to New York over the weekend, I'd like to suggest that you drop by the House of Chan. That's where the immortal Charlie used to hang around. Yeah, he used to put away that wonton soup until it just wouldn't stop. My God, he used to love it. Wonton soup and a little sweet sour soup. Maybe a little Chinese chicken sweet and sour gumbo. Oh, nothing like it. Mandarin soul food. Goes right to the heart of things. And it's uh, the House of Chan, 52nd, 7th Avenue. And uh, they have a cocktail hour now. And you can drop by any night between 4.30 and 6.30 and pick up some free Chinese hors d'oeuvres, or horses duvers, as my Uncle Carl used to say when he thought he was being funny. And they're kind of nice. You just drop by. By the way, they're having a Thanksgiving feast, uh, so plan on it, in the Chinese manner. Barbecued capon with all the trimmings. Uh, chestnut soup to pumpkin pie. Different, absolutely delicious. All you can eat for $7 and a half. $5 for kids under 12, who theoretically can't scoff as much as people over 12, which is an obvious fallacy. Phone in your reservation now. That's one of those Chinese fallacies. They always call them the Chinese conundrums. Plaza 7, 4470. You call your reservation in for a Chinese Thanksgiving dinner. I like that line, chestnut chestnut soup to pumpkin pie. That's a sweet and sour chestnut soup with a little tiny wonton. <laughs> hold it, hold it. That's very good. You liked that, didn't you? I just thought I'd be cooler. You know, I was thinking of that, uh, that poetry there, and I thought to myself, you know, uh, there's just two kinds of people in this world. I mean, there's the people that see the cockroaches, and then there's the people who don't even know they exist. Now, uh, yeah, and I, I have nothing against them. I, 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 I have a great reverence for life, as long as it doesn't crawl up my leg. You know, and bite me on the knee. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Have you ever been bitten by a cockroach? You have not? Do you know they bite? Oh, it's a kind of little nibble, but they do bite. It's like it's like the other day, you know, uh, 
Uh, have you ever been close to guinea pigs? Yeah, you, mean, you, you know guinea pigs well? Well, uh, I have uh, spent some time among guinea pig aficionados. And uh, the other day I was sticking a piece of lettuce into a guinea pig named Conway Twitty. And that little mother grabbed me by the knuckle bone. And I want to tell you, he had already gnawed all the way down to the marrow before he even discovered I had lettuce. It didn't stop him one bit. He preferred my knuckle bone to the lettuce. And, <laughs> and I thought they weren't carnivorous. This is W.O.R. New York, speaking of the carnivores, the major ones. Uh, we'll be on hand for a while, friends. And look out, here comes another one of them big sharks. Look out, dear. Look out. Oh, wait a minute. No, no, George. No, 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 no. Hey, that's a tag. George. Hold it. Reset that one. <laughs> that's a tag. That comes after I do the commercial. No, no, no. Hit, hit, hit another one. That was good. He's in there. No. See, that's... See, when I finish my elegant French wine, then they come on and sing. Not before. You know, it's like having your dessert before you even sit down and eat. You don't do that. Let's try another one, huh? And now, oh, this is the adventures of oh, yeah. Michael Marshall, proprietor of over 75 shoe town stores. Mm -hmm. The man with super shoe powers known the world over as Super Shoe. Mm. Today we find Lionel in his fantastic shoe town children's department. I think I want. Let's see if I can get. He must want a pair of my famous brand children's shoes, superbly fit <laughs> by one of our trained salesmen. It costs so low that if it weren't for Super Shoe, I'd never be able to do it. Look at the how kids got these? claws They're for great. feet. I don't know. Well, how about these? We've got a fantastic selection, you know. No, not those either, Dad. Why can't we just call Super Shoe? He'll know exactly little... what I want. Someday, I suppose I'll just have to tell him, but not today. Not now. Mom. Super Shoe's fantastic children's department, only at Shoe Town. Shoe Town is having a special sale on hikers, the work shoe for kids. The work shoe for kids, those poor little kids working away there with the steel-toed shoes. Hikers are rugged and long-wearing, yet gentle because they're lightweight and leather-lined. That's hikers in boys' sizes. Oxford's regularly $9, just $5.55. That's this week at Shoe Town. Bum, ba -dum, bum. Well, nevertheless, you know, I'm I'm, I'm thinking about that, that that cockroach scene there, you know. And uh, I, was, I was reading this poetry. I, I, you know, things fit together. They do. Have you noticed that there is a yin and yang principle in life? Now, yeah, it's an old Chinese philosophy. You know, it's, it's the plus and the minus. In other words, you win some, you lose some. That's what that means. That means for every good thing that happens to you, you get a shot in the you-know-what, you know, with spiked shoes. <laughs> Somebody give you a good swing and kick, and uh, so uh, when you uh, when you when you begin to observe this, you know, happening all the time, there's a, there's a curious uh, pattern to life, uh, almost a composition that builds as you watch it. And, and by the way, have you noticed tonight that there's a certain uh, euphoria to me? Have you noticed that a certain euphoria? Shepherd is on tonight, right? Yes, indeed. And I'll tell you why. I have had I have had one of one of life's Rare feelings. And it is truly a rare feeling, George. It is really honestly a rare feeling. Look at what I've got in my hand. I have just received, not more than a few hours ago, the first, actually the first copy, the first copy that has come off the big press, you know, the machine. The first copy. Now, I'm not talking about the, even the first edition. The first copy of a book that I've been working on for two years, my new book. The first copy. And boy, does it feel good in my hand. I love to feel it. 
just great. <laughs> and I want to tell you, you know, it's, it's just one of those experiences that you just cannot, you just cannot fake. And, and one of the reasons I'm really excited about it is because, for the first time, it's a book that has my drawings. And so my drawings are in it, George. My, you've seen them, my pen and ink drawings. And I'm really, you know, it's a great, fantastic feeling. And, uh, and uh, according to the publisher, they're going to be in the stores by the 20th of November. And don't, don't you come back and yell at me and say, well, we went down to the bookstore and he didn't have it. Well, you tell them it's coming out. Dodd Mead is the publisher, and they're going to be in the stores by the 20th of November. So go down to the store and get your order in if you're interested. And I'll tell you, it's a beautiful, you know, it's a beautiful feeding just to heft it in your hand. Two years of your life, right there, bound up in, in little leather things. Well, you know, this all this happened at once. See, the book comes in, and I'm sitting there looking at the book, and I got this poem about the cockroach. Now, that shouldn't have any connection, but it does. <laughs> I mean, in other words, for every great moment in your life, you're reminded that under the sink are cockroaches. And so I'm, I'm, I'm reading this cockroach poem. Now, now, that is an isolated thing, apparently. But then something happened. I got up from my desk. I don't want make me do this. It's something I rarely do. I've got, a, I've got a, a, like a cabinet over my desk, all kinds of tapes and junk, you know. And, and I looked up at this cabinet, and there's a whole raft of, of records that I've had of all kinds of, you know, LPs and stuff. Some of them I haven't even looked at for, you know, 12,000 years. They're just there, see. And what made me do it? I reached up and took a bunch of these old records, which I don't even look at anymore, and I'm thinking, oh, i got to throw some of this junk away or give it to somebody, you know. Send it to the Salvation Army, you know. <laughs> you know, uh, some great records like uh, uh, Lawrence Welk uh, salutes Mayor Daly, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> a musical salute and song and, and laughter. You know, that kind of stuff. You'd be surprised at the kind of stuff that's put out, see. So I've got, yeah, oh, you wouldn't believe it. Because you don't, you don't even hear any of that stuff, see. So I've got, I've got a whole raft of this junk, see. I'm just about to put it down the chute, see. I'm looking through this stuff. When all of a sudden I come across a record that I have not seen in, you know, I don't know why I even have it. And I said, you know, man, this ties in with the cockroaches exactly. Now, to anybody who lives in the inner city, and I do, I really do, man, <laughs> you see an entirely different city than guys who ride around town in the long black limousines and have penthouses on Sutton Place. Now, that's two different concepts of reality. And so, I, I, I looked at this record, and this record represents that other scene completely. And I said, in a way, listening to this record, it's one of the, it's one of the, it's a curious, funny joke today, in 1972. And it must have made sense to people at one time. Do you want to hear a little bit of this record? Now get it, get it queued up, get the, get, get the turntable started in there, George. And uh, you, it's the one, all right, you're right, okay. Now this, this record was in a curious way a kind of classic and I don't know why I didn't even know I had it in my book you know in my bookshelf full of all this junk oh, oh god here I am reading a, 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 a poem about cockroaches and I pick up this record 
any record it opens with heavenly choruses. I mean, you know, man, it's got to go somewhere. Either that or, or totally nowhere. <laughs> this sounds like a takeoff on a bad soap commercial. You can see the bubbles drifting up, you know. This fantastic chick in the, in the bathtub. She's having this love affair with this, uh, this uh, you know, this green bar of soap. Now listen to this. It's all right. Don't worry about it, Jerry. It's supposed to do that. It's a long intro. <laughs> Goes on sometimes for weeks. And you know, it's it's this is this this is true period piece. The minute you hear the first word of narration, some it's of you probably written the first time I saw my tower. That is the first time I saw it in reality. In my mind, I've seen it many times before. Standing by the ocean, looking out of the train window at night. Even the structure I made with blocks as a child was this same tower that long ago. My heart beat faster than the raindrops as I looked up and saw it painted against the sky. The outside of the building was as beautiful as the outside of anything can be. But the inside was pure enchantment. The elevator operator was Merlin. My feet touched the magic carpet as I ran down the hall. And the key that I turned in the lock was Aladdin's lamp. As I entered the tower for the first time, I knew that at last I had found contentment. A home that I would leave many times, yet never really leave. I went over to the window and looked out at my beloved town. The buildings were constant flames, bright and shining, stronger than the rain. And on the street below were the people that built that fire and kept it alive. Seven million keepers of the flames. He's talking about you, Archie Bunker, wanted to keep us at a flame out there in the Queens. The sound of traffic on a New York street creates a strange music. <laughs> yeah. It's an orchestra conducted by the Statue of Liberty yeah. with the words engraved forever on her side. It is a great organ played upon by Father Knickerbocker, master organist. I opened my tower windows wide to let the music in. about a guy moving into his new pad. Now that was that was that is out of a totally different age. You can't imagine anybody writing a piece of you know anything about New York today like that. You know that complete romanticism. I mean, you know, 7 million keepers at a plane. I'll tell you that 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 that, that that's that's oratund, <laughs> if not pure oleaginous. 
I mean, you know, it's made out of corn oil all the way. But the seven million keepers of the flame. Wasn't that a great... That meant everybody that built this fantastic tower, huh? And uh, somehow the idea of seven million keepers of the flame just gets right down there. Wouldn't, wouldn't Lindsay like to get that boat? You know, the seven million keepers of the flame. And that's a real romantic idea. And yet, you know, curiously enough, there is some of that romanticism still in New York. New Yorkers are a strange breed in one way. I mean, you know, they walk around and gripe. I'm telling you, griping is, is, is uh, it's bigger than the Jets. I mean, as a sport in this town, much bigger, you know, and because everybody does it. Not everybody plays for the Jets, uh, but everybody, you know, is a free-form griper. Is a, have, you ever, have you ever listened to these idiotic telephone shows? Oh, man, I mean, they go on night after night. And, uh, you know, they're griping constantly. You know, there's a steady drumbeat of, uh, of uh, irritation <laughs> and, and at, the, at, at constant uh, uh, griping about everybody, everything. Uh, the, from the traffic on down. Now, it would never occur to us today to think of traffic as romantic. Well, did you notice he thought of traffic, the sound of New York traffic, as creating music? Well, I suppose at the time when he wrote it, that was probably, you know, you could probably stretch your point and say that's true. But, man, when you've sat for 12 and a half hours between 29th and 33rd Streets on 6th Avenue in a cab, you know, with cigar butts up to your knees. I mean, you don't quite think of traffic as music. Maybe it's because you're too <laughs> too close to it. Now, if you're, for, you know, if you're sitting up at a tower 12,000 feet in the air, it's possibly true that there is some romance to it. You know, have you ever noticed that? When you, uh, when you fly in a, in a plane, that's, I think, one of the things why guys like to fly. Uh, for those of you who... Who, who don't fly and have trouble understanding those who do, uh, that flying is a curious kind of high. Uh, and, and I'm not even meaning it in the altitude sense, but what, are, what it does do is it, it, it does what, what, a, what, a, what a telescope does when you turn it around and look through the wrong end. Have you ever turned around a pair of binoculars from the wrong end? You look in the other way, see, and every, everything looks real little and far away. <laughs> and it's kind of great. You turn it around the other way, and you look at it, and you see that the chick you're looking at has got skin trouble. And that, that kind of kills the whole scene, you know? Or at least it puts a little damper on it. Not that I have anything against skin trouble, really. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but it just uh, it does something to you, see? So, so when you fly, when you come whistling in over, say, Flushing, like the other day I came in on a flight. Well, in fact, it was this afternoon. I played Notre Dame last night, for those of you who are curious on, on my peregrinations. Last night I played Notre Dame University in South Bend. And, uh, and this afternoon, which is a beautiful day today, it's a fantastic day here as, as far as weather was concerned. I mean, really. Uh, we came in low, big sweep low. This was a sad, this morning, about 11 o'clock, and, and uh, proceeded up, up uh, made a big sweep out over the ocean. You know, they, they come in over uh, Jones Beach, and the part of Long Island, and, and you could see Jersey and the Verrazano Bridge. And you know what? Uh, you could see everything. Everything has a curious, romantic, uh, toy-like, uh, miniature railroad quality to it. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it looks clean. Uh, even the smoke that comes out of the Con Ed chimneys from that altitude looks like toy smoke. You see these two little things? It's like 
somebody stuck some green cotton in the top of it, you know, this, this green crud that it's spewing out over us. looks kind of good at, from, from 30,000 feet because you can see it down there. Well, we came, we came dr- drifting down, say, over, over made a big, big sweep. Now we're over Staten Island. We come drifting down over the Statue of Liberty, and you can see the Statue of Liberty standing uh, right there. Clean. It looks bright and green in the middle of the, wa- you know, the bay down there. And uh, there was a Staten Island ferry going across. And the ferry, it was just like some corny painting by Norman Rockwell. Here's a ferry going around. You see the Staten Island ferry, little wake behind it. You could see the people standing on the deck. And you could see the ferry slips. Everything so clean. And if you know the town, if you really know New York, you can identify and recognize everything. You just really see it all. And so we made a big sweep. We're coming down over, over the river now, over the East River. So we're heading towards LaGuardia. And down below, we go over the Brooklyn Navy Yard. And everything is clean and sharp. There were a couple of Coast Guard boats pulled in there with the big, that big red stripe, you know, that comes down over the bow. You can tell the Coast Guard boats because that red stripe uh, and their hulls are white. Uh, Navy ships, of course, are Navy, that, that blue-gray. And so sure enough, down below us, I could see a, a destroyer laying at the mouth of the river. He just... just cruising in there, a beautiful destroyer. You can just see all the, all the bunting is flying. It was like a, a very corny picture of, uh, of have you ever seen a, a, a Cinerama movie of the, you know, one of these openings of the, the big city, and everything is going on, like it's staged. You could see the ferry going across, <laughs> and you could see the Statue of Liberty, everything. And then you could see off to your right, what made it even cornier, you could see off to your right, here was Shea Stadium. And Shea Stadium, it was so bright, and the colors were so bright that all of those those uh, sheets of metal that are outside of Shea Stadium, you know, that hung all over it, that the decor, actually were bright and colored. You could see the yellow and the green, you know, they were all real bright, see. And and you could see the the uh, field, the football field. You could read the the yard markers. You saw those two goalposts, those two. They look like tuning forks. Does it occur to you that the the pro football goalposts look like tuning forks. They come up like that, you know, and, he, and they were bright and absolutely white. And there were a half dozen football players down there. And you know that this morning, I don't know who they were, but this morning uh, on Shea Stadium's turf, a half dozen football players were, were, were tossing a ball around. <laughs> you could see them down there in their sweatshirts. Everything was so clean. Here we are at, 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 at six, 7,000 feet. And these guys are tossing. You could see the ball. You could see it down there. And over here, you could see the Statue of Liberty. All of this was spread out. And you could see Jersey and the hills off in the distance. And, and it was so clearly delineated that nothing seemed to even fade off in the distance. Well, I noticed another thing. There's, a, there's a, this big carrier that's laying down here in the Brooklyn Navy Yard. Have you seen that big carrier? Well, there's an old, it looks like it's mothballed. It's not, it's not in use. There's a big carrier sitting there. And it has, somebody has painted on the deck, great big yellow letters, Go Navy, <laughs> instead of the, you know, the, the CVA-9 or CVA-48 or whatever it is. Out there, it's a, it says, Go Navy. It's just sitting there and sparkling. The sun was coming down. Uh, what, what carrier is that, by the way? Anybody know what carrier's laying off the Brooklyn Navy yard down here? She's just, just laying out. So we came drifting in, see? And, and I, and, and, I had just seen this scene, and here this afternoon, this is... This afternoon, what falls out of my record cabinet? 
but this silly record. This is that same record. In any in any movie, if you if you're an old movie goer, if you're a real movie buff, this is this is always New York music. This is a cliche, just like Western music was, you know. country itself, is that no matter how you put it down, and you may, you know, you, got, you walk around, you gripe, still there is some curious thing about it that gets you. Now, that is true. Now, how can you, you and you're, you're embarrassed about it today for some reason. Now, this, this, uh, and here I am. I'm uh, floating at at at, at six thousand feet. And we're 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 heading up the East River, over the over the uh, bridge. Boy, the Verrazano Bridge looked fantastic today. Gaiety often found its way into my tower. Night after night, it was filled with happy people. Thin happy people, fat happy people, tall happy people, short. By the way, this was before the days of pop. Many races from many places. My <laughs> tower was filled with nice neighborly sounds. Phones ringing, knocks upon the door, many conversations competing madly for attention, and the heartwarming sound of people laughing out loud. Can you imagine talking about we your neighbors? We talked mostly about New York, the concerts we'd attended, the humidity, the plays we had seen, the humidity, the musicals on Broadway, and the humidity. Yeah, but what about robbing them rascals out of the city hall? You talk about that a lot, Mr. <laughs> and we had a wonderful waiter. A waiter named you know, Noah. Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, man, this is this is a special a, a special thing. There's a certain type of showbiz cuckoo who looks at New York as nothing but musicals and wonderful, friendly little waiters and all that sort of thing. I mean, these are the people who really like Noah. These are the guys who really like uh, Neil Simon. <laughs> he's he's part of that that thing, you know. And 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 this this uh, listening to this thing, it reminds me of of uh, that kind of romanticism. There's certain kinds of poetry that's like that. For example, uh, uh, "How do I love thee? Let me count the ways." That's the same kind of stuff. You agree? Uh, you know, there are movies that reflected that same that same romanticism about the city. And you see it once in a while on late television, and you can't comprehend that thing. It's so it's so removed now. Have you have you seen recently uh, a Wonderful Town? It's an old musical that shows up once in a while on TV with Frank Sinatra and Gene Kelly. That's part of that same thing, you know, sailors out in the town, you know, and, and the, oh, man, 
Not one of them gets rolled, you know. <laughs> no way. And, 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 and that, that curious, innocent quality of... of uh, have you seen my sister Eileen? That's another one. If you get, get, these people lived in the village. It's totally unrecognizable as to, as to the village of today. Uh, and yet, that, that, it's the romantic quality of the attitude of the people's the mind, the way their mind works. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know, speaking of your elegant little waiter named Noah, we have here an elegant French wine that we would like to suggest that you order the next time that you have the meatloaf at your elegant little apartment in Kew Gardens. If you would like to enjoy fine French wine with your meal, with your meatloaf and the red cabbage, but think it's too complicated and too expensive, we suggest you try Alexis Lachine Wines. You'd be a wine expert. Just walk in and say, I want Alexis Lachine. They have, they have uh, the reds, the whites, the rosés, all the elegant wines. By the way, I heard a guy in the air the other day said they have these wonderful rose wines. I think he must, you know, he probably thinks they make wine out of roses or something. <laughs> Maybe they do somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> By the way, have you, ever had, have you ever had cashew brandy? Brandy made out of cashew nuts? Well, I have. It blows your ears off, friends. You will enjoy quality without confusion, elegance without expense. Ask for Alexis Lachine, imported by Bass Sherrington Vintners of New York. Alexis Lachine. Yes, très élégant. Alexis This is Tex Ritter again for your New York, New Jersey, American Motors dealers. And they're all going to be at the Greater New York Auto Show November the 4th through November the 12th at the New York Coliseum. You'll see why AMC sales are up 46% when you see the star cars of this show. AMC Gremlin, Hornet, Javelin, Matador, Ambassador and the show-stopping Trans-AM Victory Javelin AMX. You can own this show car because it's on sale at every AMC dealer's showroom. And your AMC dealer has money-saving tickets for you for the auto show. Get your ticket and get a look at AMC 73. Coming on strong. See your New York, New Jersey, American Motors dealers now. And tell them... Uh, the tech sent you. Well, thank you, Tex. And I'd like to say to all you, all you uh, picking and singing fans, tonight at 8.30 p.m., there'll be a major Hollywood sneak preview of a new Walter Matthau Carol Burnett film at the Century's Meadow Theater, 190th Street, and the Long Island Expressway in Fresh, in Fresh Meadows. Uh, you tell them that uh, Big Charlie sent you, right? Do you suppose there live anywhere across this fabulous country a family that has never eaten at Mama Leone's? Maybe there is, and don't you feel sorry for them? Never heard the noise and laughter of our nightly crowd. Never saw their kids light up at the very color and excitement of our decor. Never saw our statues. Never saw our endless wine cellar. And not only that, they probably never saw a parade of food like Mama serves. 
Oh, sure, they've had Italian food before, but so what? They haven't had Mama's antipasto. They haven't had the cheeses and rich hot bread and the enormous desserts that Mama serves. And finally, they never, ever had main courses that everything else was built around. We seriously suggest if you have a pathetic friend who's never been to Mama Leone's, change his life. Make a reservation for him immediately and let him see what a great Italian restaurant can be like. Take him to Mama Leone's, where strong appetites are met and conquered. Mama Leone's, 239 West 48th Street, Judson 65151. Oh, Mama Leone. I only, I only know three Italian words. And if I used any one of them, I'd be off the air in 30 seconds. Uh, get set for the rugged winter driving ahead, friends. I'd like to remind you once again, Audra Infinitum, uh, that the winter cleat tires are waiting for you so that uh, when you find yourself, uh, you know, up to your hubcaps in snow, don't get mad at the mayor, get mad at yourself because you didn't get general winter cleat tires. And remember the motto, you go in snow or general pays the toll. Let's see, at Herb Jordan's General Tire of New Jersey, you see Frank McDonald on Route 17 and Union Avenue. Right. Hey, that was pretty good. We got him in there, didn't we? That'd be pretty good. Yes. I'll tell you, let's let's count that two spots, huh? Let's put another one. That'll make Jerry feel better. Now, I'll remind you once again, you go out and see your general tire dealer in the Bronx. Visit Phil McConkey. And this old four year old Phil McConkey, General Tire Service, eleven sixty three Leggett Avenue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, pull a sneaky on me, I'll pull a sneaky on you. Push around that way it goes there, you know. Ah, my romantic tower, my romantic spire of dreams, reaching up into the sky. And, and in fact, you'll notice the golden spire of my tower is touching the very bottom of the clouds of crud that drift in from Jersey. And you'll notice that my golden spire is, is uh, filled, the walls, from chock-a-block to chock-a-block with cockroaches. Yes, and my friendly, my wonderful, my friendly landlord... With that glass eye, that evil stainless steel set of teeth he's got. Yes, try to get him on the phone when the hot water doesn't come out of my beautiful tower. You just try to get him on the phone when the temperature's 32 degrees in your bathroom on the, you know, December 3rd. <laughs> oh, but you know, this is another side of the picture. One doesn't look at that side, does one, George, does one. What do you mean, does one? I do. That's my problem. <laughs> and so tonight we've saluted cockroaches. We've uh, saluted uh, cockamamie sentiment. We've saluted Phil McConkey. We've uh, we've walked around. We've scratched. And uh, well, you know, we've done the best we could, which is about all you can do under the consideration in the terms of our present the life contract, right? I mean, you know, you can't be expected to do more than that. But, uh, you know, you're beginning to slow up out there. The curves there. Uh, this is uh, WOR New York. Now, you stay tuned for John Scott, who's a fantastic beard, and the news. hijacked tonight, and so far it's not definite where the aircraft is headed. The plane was commandeered just after leaving Birmingham, Alabama for Montgomery. 
He'd went to Jackson, Mississippi for refueling and then headed north to Potash. Mackle said his investigation will continue, despite a similar probe by state-appointed special DA Maurice Najari into the alleged bribery. Najari has superior power over Mackle. As to publicity about the case, Mackle did not accuse Najari of leaking information, but the Queen's DA said he criticized Najari's handling of the OTB case in a letter to State Attorney General Louis Lefkowitz. Mackle said he's been investigating the case since last April, and there was not an information leak. It may be a case of mistaken identity involving rape charges against a 17-year-old Baruch College student. Today, police arrested 20-year-old gypsy cab driver Richard Carbone of the Bronx and charged him with rape after his cab was observed leaving a house where a rape had been committed. Meanwhile, bail was reduced from $75,000 to $15,000 for Lawrence Burson because he looked almost exactly like Carbone, and there was some doubt that Burson committed the four rapes he was charged with. A grand jury investigation will determine whether all charges should be dropped against the student. Roosevelt Long Island teachers have ratified a new contract and thus ended a 20-day strike. The teachers will be in their classes on Monday. The teachers want a...